Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. All right. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, March 10th. I'm Zachary Crockett with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about two of everyone's least favorite things, facial recognition and the IRS. And unfortunately, these two things are coming together, and it's causing a lot of controversy. We're going to get into that in a few minutes, but first, here are four of the most interesting things in the news that you should know about. Juliet, what you got your eye on today? So first thing, I was reading in The Hollywood Reporter that entertainment companies have actually been pulling in a lot of money. They talked about Candle Media. They purchased Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine for $900 million and Moonbug, which makes kids shows for $3 billion. I did not know this, but Moonbug owns the YouTube channel Coco Melon. Which ah. is a, yeah, it's apparently the second most watched channel in the world and the first right. in the U.S., which I guess if you don't have children, you wouldn't know that. But if you do have children, I bet you've probably watched They're some Cocoa Melon. Yeah. And most recently, A24 got an equity investment of $225 million. I just found this interesting because A24 is just kind of a weird powerhouse. It's got Euphoria, which is now HBO Max's second most watched show behind Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. and Moonlight, which won Best Picture. But it also just comes out with some really weird stuff like The Witch and Midsummer. So kind of can't wait to see what they'll do next. Yeah, it's a lot of money for a production company. The other thing is kind of a fun story. So once upon a time, there was an explorer named Ernest Shackleton. He was on an expedition to make the first land crossing of Antarctica. So he goes there with a ship called Endurance. It gets trapped in ice, crushed completely below the water. This is 1915. So mm-hmm. for over a century, this boat is just lost. But yesterday, Endurance 22, an expedition to find the OG Endurance, located it. It was 9,869 feet deep. The Antarctic seabed has no microorganisms that eat wood, and the water there is very clear. Mm. So the videos they have of the shipwreck, the ship is really well-preserved, and the videos are stunning. The other impressive thing is that Ernest Shackleton and his 27 crewmates did not go down with that ship. They actually survived for months by camping on a frozen sea, and then come spring, they sailed on lifeboats to Elephant Island and then all the way to South Georgia Island, which was like 800 miles and were able to arrange for everyone to be rescued, which is um, pretty wild considering this was like 1915 and they did all that. Oh my gosh. So not a single crew member lost their life on that trip. Not a single human crew member, though I did read that the captain ordered the shooting of the ship's cat, which really bummed me out because the cat apparently could not pull his weight, which is true of cats, but I found it really depressing. Yeah. So what have you got today, Zach? All right, so I've got an insider trading doozy for you. Okay. So back in January, Microsoft announced its intention to acquire the gaming giant Activision Blizzard. Those are the guys, you know, behind Call of Duty, Warcraft, Candy Crush, all these big hits. And it was a huge deal. It was like $69 million. Well, just a few days before that news went public, three bigwig investors, Barry Diller, Alexander von Furstenberg, and David Geffen, 
They collectively invested around $108 million in Activision Blizzard. And of course, you know, after the deal went public, that investment ballooned to like $170 million. So understandably, the U.S. Justice Department and the SEC thought that timing was a little suspicious. So they're in the midst of launching an investigation into the matter. And we should say here, you know, nothing's been proven yet. This is just an investigation at the moment. But the SEC does have good reason to believe that these guys had access to non-public information. Diller and Geffen are both longtime friends of Activision Blizzard CEO. So it seems like there might be a little more to that investment than an undying love for Candy Crush, let's say. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, regardless of whether or not these guys get charged, it's yet another black mark for Activision. Leading up to this deal, they had a lot of controversy. They were under heats for allegations of sexual harassment and sexism on staff. So there's a lot going on at that company, and it's uh, a little bit of a tumultuous acquisition. That is a bummer. I was a pretty diehard StarCraft fan as a teen. And <laughs> right. now I just don't play it because Activision Blizzard bumps me out. Ugh. All right. Well, second thing I'm keeping my eye on here is how gas prices are affecting rideshare drivers. We just talked about skyrocketing gas prices yesterday. The national average is now up to 425 a gallon due to the Russian sanctions. And everyone's taking a hit on this, especially so people who earn a living driving. Rideshare drivers for Uber and Lyft have to pay for their own expenses like maintenance and gas. And before this bump in gas prices, they were spending an average of around 10 to 15 percent of their earnings on gas. But with this recent bump, that's up to 40 percent. So a lot of rideshare drivers barely make minimum wage when all those expenses are factored in. And with these hikes, a lot of them are having trouble even just breaking even. The big picture here is that since the pandemic started, Uber and Lyft have really struggled to recruit, and it's getting really hard for them to attract and keep drivers. And their entire business model is going to depend on this. They have a current program in place. They're exploring a partnership that would reimburse them for 25 cents per gallon at certain gas stations that participate. But even with the 25 cent reimbursements, it's still pretty, pretty tough to swallow those prices at the pump. Yeah, I bet. All right, let's move into our main story here. Juliet, there's been a lot of controversy over facial recognition software in recent years. Most people just find it a little creepy. So in the midst of all this, the IRS just announced something a bit controversial. What's the scoop here? So it's kind of a back and forth between the IRS and backlash over facial recognition. So back in January, the IRS announced it would use facial recognition to verify online users' identities. Now, you don't have to ever use the IRS's website if you don't want to. You do not have to pay your taxes that way. But for a lot of people, it's useful to log in, see your past returns, get information about child tax credit payments, stuff like that. Sure. So had the IRS proceeded with this, it would have used a third-party facial recognition software company. That company is called ID.me. And how it works mm -hmm. is you would upload an ID picture. So it could be like your passport or your driver's license and then a selfie. And then it would cross-check those two images and boom, now you're in the website. But there was such a huge backlash that the IRS was like, okay, we're not going to do that. And then on February 21, it announced that if you didn't want to do the facial recognition thing, you could have a live video chat with an agent. But facial recognition is still an option. But what activists are kind of pushing for is that we just completely not do facial recognition at this point. Advocates for it. So like an ID me spokesperson said that the software would give people without credit histories access to online services and it could prevent fraud. But there are a couple of problems with this software. For one, there's a privacy issue. It makes you hand over your biometric data 
most likely to a private company, but in the event of a data breach, either of that company or a government agency, now somebody else has your biometric data. Mm. So that could lead to fraud, which is what this is supposed to prevent. Right. Harassment, stalking, all sorts of bad things, right? Because you can't really change your face. I mean, you can for a lot of money. Yeah. You know, you can change passwords and numbers, but you can't change your face. Another issue is that this software is not actually very good at identifying people of color. It's especially mm -hmm. bad at identifying black women. And there have been a lot of problems with this. At least three people, all of whom were black men, were wrongfully arrested thanks to facial recognition software. Mm -hmm. One of them was like 30 miles away from the scene of this alleged crime, but he got arrested anyway, spent 10 days in jail. Now he's suing the city, the prosecutor and the police department. You know, one guy was arrested in front of his kids mm. and they didn't do anything wrong. It was just this software was like, oh, that's the guy. correctly identified. Yeah. Yeah. And it can also be inaccessible. This guy in Virginia, he was kind of out in a rural area. His unemployment benefits were frozen and he could not unfreeze them until he could do the facial recognition thing. And every time he tried to do it, he just couldn't get through. And finally, a reporter drove him to a library in the city, let him use his laptop. And after a couple hours, he was finally able to get through. But because he had been trying to do it on his cell phone with like two bars, he just couldn't do it. And he was running out of money. And it was just like no one could help him. So there are all these issues. So there's a bunch of people, like a collective of activists pulling together, writing letters, being like, hey, let's not use this. The tech is currently used in some ways by the VA, the U.S. Mm -hmm. Patent and Trademark Office. And obviously the biggest problem is law enforcement. So the IRS situation is kind of like a, hey... We got enough backlash together to get them to stop using this or at least to stop requiring hmm. it. So let's keep pushing. So that's kind of what's going on there. Jeez. Why did they think this was a good idea? I mean, there's so much drama over facial recognition tech, like you said, with law enforcement. And there's so many rollout problems right now. It's still the early days of this tech, but there's already so much hatred and vitriol against toward the IRS. It seems like a very bizarre choice. I think that we could all complain for literally hours about how, in some cases, apps have made our lives worse. Mm -hmm. My apartment building just decided that we need an app to open all the doors, which is great <laughs> until uh, a transformer behind the apartment blew the other day in the post office. Fed like no one could get in. I could get in because I still had the key and I would have been livid yeah. if they were like, you can't even lose a key. But it was like just an example of how like, OK, well, this didn't actually make anything easier at all. All right. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla. Our producer is Darren Clark. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more interesting tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. Catch you all tomorrow.